people or a cave in an out-of-the-way little village reflected his humble origins as he came down to earth. Yes, you know, there were choirs of angels singing to the shepherds, announcing the birth of Christ. But as Mary wraps the baby Jesus in swaddling cloths to protect his limbs and then lays the baby in a feeding trough, the emptying of Christ has begun. For those of you who were with us uh, this last quarter as we were going over Philippians, you may recall Philippians 2 where it says, Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. Birth did not take place in a grand palace. It would not be a birth fitting of royalty. Jesus enters the world as in as in mundane of a way as possible. And there wasn't anything particular on this night that should have caused the birth of Christ to happen. Israel was not at, at a good place at this time. In 63 B.C., Pompey, the Roman general, captured Jerusalem. And all those people in the, who lived in the provinces of the Holy Land became subject to Rome. And it had been like this for hundreds of years. Before the Romans, there was the Seleucid rulers of Syria who ordered copies of Jewish scriptures burned and banned Jewish practices. Before them were the Greeks, and before them were the Persians. It was just one conquering force after another. And it had been about 400 years since Israel had last heard from a prophet. 400 years of silence. So why would they have expect, expected anything different this night? Now granted, much of this had been deserved. God speaking through the prophets kept calling on the Israelites to return to him, to repent, to act in obedience to what he had called them to do. And maybe they would start off with good intentions, but the Israelites would eventually fail. And the cycle would be repeated over and over and over again. The Israelites kept hoping that God would intercede on their behalf and save them. But maybe deep down inside, some began to wonder whether God had finally put up with enough, put up with enough rebellion and disobedience. Had God finally given up on them? But then on this holy night, as we sang about, he would send a gift like no other, the gift of Jesus. When man had no capacity to save himself, he would send his son to do what we could not do on our own. To live a perfect life and thereby become the perfect sacrifice to pay the price for our disobedience. And it was all out of God's grace, a gift. The God man Jesus, the king who will establish an everlasting kingdom, gave up his majesty and humbled himself to be born. And simply and as an average of a town as you could get. And as I was reflecting on this, several verses came to mind that spoke of this gift that we have. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but what? But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 5.15, for the 
the many died by the trespass of the one man, Adam, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourself, it is what? It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. 2 Corinthians 9.15 Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. You know, as I think about the situation back then, I realize I'm no different than the Israelites. I have often started out with good intentions to follow Christ, but I end up failing over and over again. And I needed God to break through time and space to save me since I could not do it on my own. Like the goalie, Jesus' persistence in going out there and literally taking a beating through his coming to earth, being mocked, rejected, despised, and ultimately crucified is all that I can claim for salvation. And it's all that any of us can claim for salvation. And this is God's gift to us. As one commentator put it, the note of humility surrounding the birth of Jesus issues a major challenge to our culture where braggadocio and self-promoting public relations are often a way of life. And just look at the presidential elections we just had. The incarnation displays divine values by how the most powerful, powerful person ever born entered the world in total simplicity and humility. God shows his greatness by his willingness to walk alongside us where we are at, not in an elitist isolation and insulation, which is often how the powerful live in this world. Right now we're going to move on to an activity that's going to help us reflect on God's gift to us. And as we do this, may we remember and praise Jesus, who emptied himself by coming to earth, not with fanfare, but with humility and simplicity, as a little babe born to a young Galilean girl. King of kings, who would come and walk alongside us where we are at, not in elitist isolation. He meets us where we are, simply and humbly. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. Reading number 636, The Magi's Visit. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he? who has been born King of Jews. For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, You, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, and by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will govern my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. 
When they had heard the king, they went their way, and lo, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. All right. Um, Be thinking about that um, present that you got this morning or that you hope to get later on, okay? Or, like, if you got something this morning, you didn't like it, just thinking about the gift that you wish you got, okay? All right. And so um, so today we're going to, I'm going to be, I had the job, uh, the task of talking about our gifts to God, right? Like, like, um, like, what are we supposed to give to God? And so, and I started thinking about this, you know, I started thinking about the question, like, what can we actually give to God, right? I, I mean, like, if you read in Romans, right, if you read in Romans chapter 11, it talks about, it says, oh, the depths of riches of God, okay? And, and then he keeps on, and he continues on, he says, or who has given him a gift that he might be repaid, right? And so, so, so Paul is saying, look, Whatever you give to God, you're not paying him back. Like, like, like he's so rich and everything is his. You can't really repay him. Right. And so I heard this example once. It's kind of like your three year old or your four year old coming up to you, taking your laptop from your desk and bring it to you. And go, oh, here, father, this is yours. Right. Like I give this to you. Right. And it's like it's kind of like that. And as a father or a mother, you're like, oh, thanks. That was mine already. Right. And so like. That, like, what do we do with that? Because everything is God's already, right? And, 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 and if anything else, right, um, in Acts 17, it says, God is not served by human hands as though he needed anything. Okay, God doesn't need anything, so why do I give him something? Uh, and, and if anything, like, we go on and read Colossians. Colossians says, you know what? All things were created through him and for him. Uh, and, and even in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians says, For yet there is one God the Father, from whom all things, uh, from whom are all things and for whom we exist. Right? Uh, and the one Lord Jesus Christ through whom all things and through whom we exist. So everything that we have, everything in your bank account right now, your house that you that you work so hard to get, all the money that you that you work so hard to save up year after year, that's his. That's his already. Or, or, or sometimes you and I, we like to say things like, I give you my life. Like, like we go, you know, I offer my life to you. Oh, here's my life. Do whatever you want with it. But isn't our life already his? 
Hasn't he already bought our life? Right? In Ephesians 1, 7, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of trespasses through according to the riches of his grace. In Corinthians 6.20, it says, For you were bought with a price, so glorify God with your body. The idea is you were bought, your life was bought by the blood of Christ. You can't give him something that's already his. And so, you know, we, we, we see, so we see that Jesus, the one who has all things, he takes on the form of a baby. Right? This is what we're celebrating today. The, the, the one who is in heaven, he takes on the form of a baby and he lives this perfect life in obedience. And he, in the, at the end of his perfect life, he, he dies on a cross and he dies a sinner's death. And then he absorbs God's wrath on, on our behalf. And, and because of what he has done, because of his perfect life and his death on the cross, and because of his resurrection, we know that, that, that we have been purchased and we have been saved from death. So yes, our life is already his. Right? And, and, and I know I like how Matt Chandler, one of my favorite preachers, he, he says, you know, you don't really give up your life. You don't really give up your life because if Jesus really wanted your life, all he would do is to reveal himself and he would just take your life. So your life is his. Everything that you have is his. There's nothing in this world that is not his and under his uh, care. So what can we actually do? What can we do with this idea of, oh, let, let me give this to God. Let me offer this to God when it's already his. So let, with that in mind, what can we actually give? Let's, let's, let's go back to Matthew. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew um, chapter 2. This is, um, you can probably read it in the, the um, response reading, but Matthew chapter 2, we're going to look at, um, <coughs> excuse me. And we're going to look at this part, Matthew 2, verses 10 through 11. So what can we actually give to God if everything his, is his? So in verse chapter 2, verse 10 in Matthew, he says this. It says, and when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And so what I need you guys to see here is, is not actually the gifts part. What I want you to see here is not actually them actually giving the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but what happens before they give. And if you look at it in verse 10, it says, When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And so what we see is that the wise men rejoiced. They had great joy in their hearts. Right? And so so what we see is um, they found joy in the one who they were giving to. Right. And so what you have to get is this. If you walk away with anything, it says it's not so much about the gift that we give to God. It's not so much about the gift that you are giving. But it's more about the one that you're giving to. Right. And, and, and so um, uh, let me read this little quote from John Piper. Uh, he 
he kind of explains it like this. He says the gifts that we give are intensifiers of desires for Christ himself in much of the same way that fasting is. When you give a gift to Christ like this, it's a way of saying the joy that I pursue is not the hope of getting rich with things from you. I have not come for you and for your things, but for you, for, but for yourself. And this desire now, I, I, desire, sorry, sorry, and this desire I now intensify and demonstrate by giving up things in the hope of enjoying you more, not things. By giving to you what you do not need and what I might enjoy. I am saying more earnestly and more authentically, you are my treasure, not these things. And so once again, it is not really about the gifts that we give. It is about the one who we find joy in. Um, and, and so um, really quick for you children in here. Uh, don't be thinking about what gift that you would actually want for To, like, what is something that you want? If you didn't get something this Christmas, like, this is the perfect time to, like, you know, you should get this. Uh, anyone have any, uh, received anything that they really like this year, or, um, or maybe it's something they're hoping to get once they get home and open presents? All right. I got one. Please tell us your name and what gift you. Jeremy. Hi, Jeremy. What did you get? What did I want you to get. I don't know what you get. What did you get? Air hockey. Air hockey. Oh, so now you can play with your brother, brother, right? Nice. All right. Were you hoping for that? Did you write it on your list, Jeremy? Yeah. All right. Anyone? Anyone else have a list? Ah. Anyone else? Any other children? Any adults? This is your last chance just to get that nudge in there. All right. That's okay. All right. This, that's okay. Um, um, you can still tell your parents what you want, okay? Uh, and so, but think about this. So, so for, for, for some of us, though, right? you got to imagine this. Maybe there is something that you want. Like, we're all just too shy. We're Chinese, and so we're really shy in here, right? And so we're like, just, but, but we still want stuff, right? We still want to get something. And, and, um, but just imagine going home. I, I, I saw that not a lot of people um, raised their hands when they, uh, to say that they opened presents today. So, uh, but maybe think about going home. Just imagine going home. There's a present waiting for you there. Just imagine you just you just can't wait to open that present, and so you're anxious to get out of here. You're telling you're telling me you're saying, "Man, Stan, hurry up and finish this so I can go home, right? So I can open my present." And just imagine going home and finally getting to that present, and you open it, and it and, and, and whatever it is, maybe it's just like a new drone or something, right? And maybe it's just uh, a new PlayStation or whatever. I don't even know what's out there, right? Um, but maybe whatever it is, you, you're so excited to open it, and you get you finally get what you wanted. And what if I said, what if I came to your house that moment and I was like, hey, you know what? Go return it. Right? And, or what if for you, you children in here, maybe you finally got that gift. Maybe you got that gift. And then, and then all of a sudden your mom and dad is like, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to take it back and return it. 
Or, or what if I said, hey, you know what? Why don't you take it back and return it as a sign, as a, as a way of saying, hey, you know what? This is for me to go, hey, you know, I, I find joy in you, Jesus. I want you to imagine, I want you to think, what if, what if, I, you know, your parents told you, uh, you know, hey, you know what, let's bring it to church and let's give it away to someone who else, who, who has a need, uh, who else, you know, that, that, would, that would like this toy. Now, would you be able to say, as you give that present over, or as you hand that present over here, would you be able to say, hey, Jesus, you know what? I, I, I give this as a sign, as, as a way of saying, you know what, you are more precious to me. It, it, as you give it away, I, it may, would you use it as a sign to say, you know what, Jesus, you are more enjoyable than what you have given me. And, and this doesn't just apply to two, three, four, five, seven-year-olds, but it applies to all of us. There's, and there are things in our life where if we were to give it up, we would be devastated. There are dreams that we have. If we were to give it up, we would be devastated because we find more joy in that. We find more pleasure in those things than Jesus. And so what if, and as I, as I close, you know, I don't know, I don't have, I'm not going to tell you what you need to give up. I'm not going to tell you, hey, you know, we need to give these gifts to God or this, these gifts to Jesus. But as you maybe receive gifts, as you kind of examine your life this year, and when you buy things or you examine what you have in your life, and, and, and these things doesn't even have to be material things. But it could be our time. It could be where our time, what our time goes to. It could be what, our, what we put our, all our efforts into. It could be what we spend our affections on. It could be what we desire most in life. And, and, and so as we think about what do we give to God, it's not so much of these gifts, but it's about where are our desires for Christ himself. Do we find him more enjoyable? Do we find him more pleasurable? Do we, do we see this in our life, where, like these wise men, that there is exceeding joy in our life? And so we're willing to give up whatever it is that we need to give up. So give up whatever you need to give up in order for, your, for you to pursue your joy in Christ. Understand, give up what you need. And give up what you need to give up so that you may pursue the one that your hearts are actually longing for. Your hearts are actually longing for the one who came down and gave up his life so that you may find life. So pursue the one. So as our gift this year, if anything, um, may it be our pursuit of joy in Christ himself uh, for the one who satisfy, who, who satisfies all of us, who satisfy uh, that longing that we're all looking for.